So um, if you have your Bibles, um, open those up or turn those on. We're going to be hanging out in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And if you'll notice, it's a passage that you should know really well. You should know it by heart. But um, if not, then we'll be going through it later. So when I was younger, I played football. And I actually told my buddy that I was going to share this story, and I hope he's watching. Um, So if you're watching, Will, uh, give us a shout-out. But um, when I was younger and I played football, we always had call-outs at the end of practice. And me being the little scrawny boy that I was, I would always call out Big Will. And Big Will was a whole head or so taller than me, and he was a bit chunkier than I was. I was about 50 pounds, mind you. And every single practice, I would always call him out during call-outs. Now, don't get me wrong. I tried to put him down. I tried everything to get this guy down. And I don't remember if I got him down or not. Maybe a couple of times I did, maybe I didn't. Who knows? Um, Will can tell y'all in the comments. But... No matter how much I tried, most of the time I could not get him down. And that kind of brings us to our first point tonight that is this that without God, we can only push our problems back, not tackle them head on. And you see, that was my problem with Will, was during callouts, was. I would try to tackle him, but I just could not bring him down. I could push him back, but I could just not bring him down. But tonight in our story, we're going to see an individual that we, we should know, that you should know this story by heart if you've been in you know, any kind of children's Bible class. But we're going to see a guy who, he comes in and he faces the giant head on. And so if you would read... Read with me. We're not gonna we're gonna skip over you know the introductory part of you know the whole thing. And we're gonna start in First Samuel chapter six uh, seventeen with verse thirty one, which says this: When the words that David spoke were heard, they were repeated. They repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, "Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine." And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when the lion, there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with all his armor, He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. 
and David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's mouth, or shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield-bearer in front of him. And the Philistine looked and saw David. He disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the, the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air, into the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with a sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into your hand, our hand. When the Philistine arose and came near and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine, and took his sword, and drew it out of its sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron, so that the wounded Philistines fell on their way from Sharam as far as Gath and Ekron. And the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their camp. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. As soon as Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As your soul lives, O king, I do not know. And the king said, Inquire whose son this boy is. And as soon as David returned from the striking down of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his head. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? And David said, answered and said, I am the son of your servant Jesse the Bethlehemite. Okay, so, um, you know, I, this is the first time that we see David in battle. And it's right after Saul anoints him king in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, which at the time... He's not actually king, because Saul is still the king at the time. And according to research that I've done, 
Sources and scholars kind of disagree on how old exactly David was at the time he took down Goliath. Now, some say he was as young as 13, 14, and some say he was as old as 22. So regardless, we know, because it says that he was a youth, that he was young, and that he was handsome in appearance, we know that he was around the age of most of the people that are watching this. Generally, most of your teenagers and early college age, or your college age kind of people. So, we see that Saul tried to outfit David with his armor at first, but that David couldn't use it because in verse 39 he says that, I have not battle-tested them. And then, of course, we see that, you know, when David does use his own weaponry in, in battle, we see that Goliath taunts David for only bringing a slingshot and stones to battle. In verse 43, Goliath asks, Am I a dog that you would bring these sticks and these stones toward me? And now, kind of taking it back a little bit, kind of giving you an image of what, how tall Goliath is. Okay. So we note that in the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 17, we are told that Goliath is six cubits in a span tall. Now, this is roughly equivalent to nine foot nine inches tall. Okay, now think of the tallest basketball player that you know. And he, Goliath was taller than that, that basketball player. Goliath, okay, picture, picture Shaq, for example. Shaquille O'Neal. He's pretty tall, right? Well, Goliath stood a whole nother person, half a person, taller than Shaquille O'Neal. So, that makes Goliath a very intimidating individual. And like Goliath, fear often taunts us in the same way. You see, when fear or anxiety loom large over us and taunt us, we tend to retreat. We tend to retreat like the Israelites in much of 1 Samuel 17 before David comes along. You know, we don't want to go out there and we don't want to fight that anxiety or fight, face that fear because it looms large over us and it taunts us. And it gives us this sense of fear that we're not going to make it through. But David, however, did not let the taunts get to him. Because we see in, that ver that in verse 45, he says, I come, in to come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You see, David was not afraid of Goliath because he had Goliath, he had God on his side. And you see, David believed that God would perform a miracle and placed his faith in that. And see, that's the way we're, we're supposed to be in our lives. We're supposed to place our faith in God and believe that a miracle will occur. You know, kind of similar if you watched Jesse's A Message from Engage at Home Monday night where he, 
you know, Jesus and Martha are talking, but, you know, Martha's kind of, well, if you had been here sooner. But Jesus says, you'll see him. And we got that point that, you know, in the end, when this life is over and when when we're in eternity, that, you know, what happened in this world, the anxiety and the fear and the uncertainty and all the pain that happened on this earth will be wiped away. And we see that in verse 49 in our passage that Goliath falls. You see, David rears back this, the slingshot that he has and he, he angles it just right. You know, I'm going to throw in a little bit of math here. Okay, a little bit of geometry here. You know, David, I would say David was probably about average height for a human, maybe today. Say maybe 5'6", something like that. 5'7", five, 5'8", five, maybe on a good day. Anyways, okay, so David's going up against this 9 foot, 9 inch tall person. And he's got a little slingshot, right? Well, he's got to have the right angle, the perfect angle of measure to kind of, you know, hit Goliath right on in the middle of the forehead to where he can fall. Now, I'm sure David probably used a lot of, there was a lot of, you know, they didn't have protractors back then. You know, sundials maybe. They may, he maybe used and had the right angle, the proper angle. But, you know, in our time today, we have all of this, you know, angle of elevation or angle of central measure or something like that. And he would use this angle of measure, so to say, to try to figure out the proper angle to where he could properly hit Goliath right in the middle of the forehead. And I'm sorry, I kind of geeked out on there on y'all, on y'all for a second with that math, but, you know, it goes right into Goliath's noggin after he does that r- perfect angle. And that perfect angle obviously had to be done by God as well. And we see that through this, we see that when we place our faith in God, our Goliath-sized fear will fall. You see, because, because of David's faith and trust in God, the Israelites' fear of this behemoth of a man was removed. It was no more. You know, and you see in football, kind of going back to the, the football story, you know, in football, you know, you're not all, you're all, there's always going to be those bigger guys on the line. You're always going to have your bigger guys on the line to protect you. Now, say you're a smaller guy like I was going up against one of those bigger guys. Now, on your own, we know that we can't tackle that fear on our own. We know that we can't face that giant on our own. We can push it back, but we can't tackle that fear on our own. We can't tackle that person on our own. You know, there has to be like two of us little guys 
going against up against one of those bigger bigger guys, so to say. But when we place our faith in God, our Goliath-sized fear will fall. Now, I look at it like this. You know, when we have that extra person coming in to help us push that guy back and bring him down, that bigger guy down, that is like God coming in and allowing our Goliath-sized fear to fall. And as we've been going through these last few weeks in this series, we know that we're in an uncertain time. We are in... So we have so much fear and we have so much uncertainty going on right now because of this virus, because of unemployment and everything that has happened as a result of this virus. And we see that, you know, when we place our faith in God, our Goliath-sized fear from all of this will fall. And, you know, um, Willie Giglio, one of mine and Shane's favorite um pastors and one of our favorite authors had this quote to say in his um, series in his book Goliath Must Fall and it says this whatever giant we're battling might be big but it's not bigger than Jesus now think about this for a second we're coming up on Easter Sunday this Sunday and you know death thought it was going to win. Satan thought he was going to win when Jesus died on that cross. But as we know, because of the Bible, Jesus came running out of that grave. And we know that Jesus has the victory. Jesus is bigger than any giant we're facing right now. Whether it's a giant of unemployment, this fear and the uncertainty of unemployment, or whether it's this fear of, you know, loneliness, this type of loneliness. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, I have been struggling with loneliness so much during this time. Going from, you know, being on campus every day and, you know, hanging out with people in class or, you know, getting to know my students in practicum at Pleasant Valley or even just you know, going to engage on Monday nights, going to BCM on Tuesday nights, hanging out with the youth up there on Wednesday nights, and so on and so forth. I got into that sense of comfort that, you know, I have people around me, that I have friends and that I consider family around me. And ever since all this happened, since this virus has come in and caused us to, you know, to be online for the rest of the semester and forced us out of the dorms for the remainder of the semester. I've been fighting this sense of loneliness because all of the people that I had around me they're suddenly not it doesn't they're not there. You know, we get to see each other sometimes on, you know, on Zoom or on FaceTime or something like that or Snapchat. But this the feel the belonging and the sense of company there is gone. And it brings about this, this sense of loneliness that I have. But just like Louis Giglio says here, that giant of loneliness that I'm battling may be big, but it's not bigger than Jesus. 
Because Jesus conquered the grave. And, you know, one um, a song that we, we did last summer called Our God is Greater. And we'll probably do that again this summer um, as well. But a popular verse, and the verse that that song is based off of is Romans 8.31. The bridge of that song is based off of, rather. is Romans 8.31, which says this. If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, God is taking on that giant that we're facing right now, whether it's loneliness, whether it's uncertain, this fear that we're going to lose everything, that we're going to lose everything because of our, you know, our finances are unstable right now because of this pandemic, or whether we're going to lose, miss out on graduation or prom or any of the other events that seniors typically get to participate in. You know, um, the youth pastor up in FBC Jacksonville kind of put it like this. It's called FOMO, the fear of missing out. And for a lot of seniors and for a lot of students in general, that FOMO, that fear of missing out, is their giant right now. They have this fear of missing out on, you know, on graduation, on getting a scholarship to to go play you know, baseball or softball at Alabama or Auburn or LSU or anywhere in the country or they're missing out on this opportunity to get a scholarship to go run track at any of these universities as well. They're missing out on graduation. They're missing out on prom. And they have this fear of missing out. But like Louis Giglio says here in this quote, that giant, whatever giant we're, battle, we're battling right now might be big, but it's not bigger than Jesus. And so that brings us to the point of all of this, tying it all together, that with God on our side, we can overcome the giants of fear and anxiety in our lives. Like I said, with God on our side, I was reminded of this by an Instagram post that um, one of the people that engage, that you know they're in the engaged worship band, they posted earlier a video of them singing a song, and you know I was reminded of in that moment that you know with God on my side I'm not lonely. You know I may be alone right now in terms of not having my friends here, not having. You know, the people that I've come to love at JSU in my life right now because they're all scattered about. But with God on my side, I'm not lonely. I can overcome this this giant of loneliness. And similarly, for our seniors that are watching this tonight or that are going to be listening to this in the podcast later on, with God on, our, on your side... You can overcome the giant of giant of the fear of missing out, that FOMO. You can overcome that fear of missing out on a scholarship to go play baseball at Alabama or to go play baseball at Auburn or run track at Auburn or even play softball at Auburn. With God on our side, we can overcome the giant of this fear of not being able to provide 
of not being able to keep to have our financial stability that we have had in the past. And, you know, I don't know what y'all's situations are tonight. But, as we wrap up this message tonight, you know, for the believer, I just want y'all to reflect and to understand that, you know, you have God on your side right now. And whatever fear, whatever anxiety, whatever giant you're facing right now, God is with you in that battle. You know, just like we saw last week with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, with he was in the fire with them. And just like, you know, in the first week, we've seen that, you know, so many times, you know, he was in the in the boat and he let the miracle happen anyways. He breathed, he spoke peace into the situation on the boat in the, as we saw in the first week. And as we'll see next week, you know, Jesus is going to let his, or God is going to let his will be done in our lives, no matter what. And with God on our side, we can overcome any giant that we face in our life. And so for the believer tonight listening to this, I just want y'all to take comfort in that. And to rest in Jesus being on your side and being and allowing that Goliath-sized fear and anxiety and whatever you're facing right now fall. And for the unbeliever, I would encourage you, wherever you are, if you're on the mountain and if you're a part of our youth group, I would encourage you to, you know, hit me or Shane or Spam or Brother Ryan or one of us up and talk to us. Talk to us about, you know, hey, I don't have God on my side. I need I need God on my side to face the giants, the fear and anxiety that I'm facing right now. But and if you're not a part of our church, if you're if wherever you are in the world, my advice to you if you're if for the unbeliever is to go to your local church, to your closest church, and to add, talk to your pastor, talk to the pastor there, and tell him, hey, I don't have Jesus on my side. I don't have this sense of being able to overcome the giants of fear and anxiety in my life. And I would love to have that right now. And as we you know, go into a time of reflection and of in, what we would normally do as invitation. We're going to sing a song that, you know, you should probably know. It's a little bit of a modern twist to it, though. It's called In Christ Alone. We find our hope and we find our strength. We find our help in Christ alone. And it's in Christ alone that we can overcome the giants of fear and anxiety in our lives. So I want to encourage y'all as we get ready to go into this time of reflection and what would normally be invitation to just kind of reflect on what we took in tonight and kind of reflect on, you know, what does this mean in my life? So if you would join me in prayer.